हरे कृष्णा आई ऑफर माई sincere obeisances to all, all of the assembled devotees during the closing physical pastimes of his divine grace ac bhakti vidanta swami prabhupada he personally chose to come to vrindavan town he left shri radha damodar temple and absolutely no one outside of india ever heard his name no idea who he was here in india he had loving god brothers and some friends kolkata prayagraj allahabad mumbai various places we were told the story by her grace mandakini devi of how shri prabhupad before boarding the cargo ship jaladuta in calcutta he visited mayapur dam to the samadhi mandir of his guru maharaj shri bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur prabhu pad crying for his blessings and he visited the place of shri adwaita acharya in shantipur where lord chaitanya lord nityananda and adwaita prabhu perform many pastimes in fact that place on the banks of the ganga in shantipur and navadweep shri adwaita prabhu was feeling so much compassion upon all the people in the world he is karnadakshayi vishnu in one of his expansions just by his glance the entire cosmic manifestation within the mahatatva was impregnated with all living beings by his inhalation and exhalation 
creations come to be and disappear into himself so he could see into the future. He could see through the eyes of the scripture and through his own eyes of compassion the condition of the people in this world, in this age of Kali. And out of his karuna, his deep compassion, he cried to Krishna. Because Krishna himself can personally reveal the pastimes of Vrindavan. And Advaitacharya is Krishna, such an Acharya. In this incarnation, he was the leader of the whole Brahmin community of his area. He's the greatest scholar of all the scriptures. But still, only if Krishna personally comes to reveal his Vrindavan pastimes can the people be delivered in this age of Kali. Kalera dosani de rajanastihe kamahan kuna kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sangha param prajet. Kali Yuga is an ocean of shortcomings and faults, problems, disasters, sufferings. But there is one benediction, that Krishna, Kali Kale Namarupe Krishna Avatar, Krishna incarnates in his holy names. Nama Chintamani Krishna Chaitanya Das and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us through the scriptures how Krishna's powers, his beauty, his sweetness, and his mercy are all accessible even to the most fallen in his holy names. But who, who other than Krishna himself can create an inundation of love of Krishna, love of God in this age of Kali. Adwaita Prabhu, he had the best association. Every day he would meet with Haridas Thakur. They would chant together. They would speak about Krishna together. They would take prasad together. What more wonderful association. And when they would be at his home in Navadweep, there was Srivas Thakur and his brothers, such great devotees. There was a wonderful, wonderful community of Vaishnavas who were all actually the greatest devotees in the history of creation. Srivas Thakur is Narada Muni. 
the guru of Prahlad, the guru of Valmiki, the guru of Dhruva, There's no end to the list. And he was in Navadweep. And he was also singing with his brothers, crying out the holy names, begging Krishna to come. So Sri Advaita Prabhu, he shed countless tears of compassion for you and for me and for everyone as he was loudly crying out, for Krishna to descend to this world. And in response to his call, Krishna in his original form, in the mood of Sri Radha's love, descended to this world as Lord Chaitanya. And after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas and katva, and he took sannyas especially for the purpose of spreading Harinam Sankirtan and Krishna Bhakti and Krishna Prema to people in all directions. He was brought by Lord Nityananda to Shantipur to meet with Sri Adwaita Prabhu and Sachi Mata and all the devotees of Navadweep. And there for many days they had Harikatan, Harikirtan throughout the day and Sachimata was cooking for Lord Chaitanya and all the devotees. And it was from there that Lord Chaitanya went to Puri and traveled through South India. So when Srila Prabhupada came to Shantipur, it was very special. And the Pujari who had seen him for many, many years coming, now, now saw him as a sannyasi. And Prabhupada told him, just days before boarding the Jaladutta, as he was praying for Sri Adwaita Prabhu, Sri Nityananda Prabhu, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he had just prayed to his Guru Maharaj. He told the, the priest, my Guru Maharaj has given me an impossible instruction to spread Lord Chaitanya's message all over the world. I am praying for blessings. And he boarded the Jaladutta. His son, who just passed away last year in Kolkata, Sriman Brindaban Chandra Day, His son came to the 50th anniversary of Srila Prabhupada boarding the Calcutta Chaladutta. And he told the story 
He also explained it to me personally. And I remember asking him, when your father boarded that boat, what were you thinking? And now I'm going to fast forward and then I'll rewind. In Calcutta, he explained how Prabhupada was staying in this, the simplest possible little dharamshala free for sadhus. And he called his son and asked him, will you bring me to the docks, the King George dockyards, to put me on the ship? And his son lived across the town in Calcutta, and he somehow, whatever little methods of transportation, he somehow got to where his father was staying, and he said it was the simplest place. And they went to the ship, and they, they boarded together. And Prabhupada was given a tiny little room and they sat. And not uncommon in India, it was late by several hours. So he sat with his father for several hours as they talked. And then the horn blew. And the ship started moving. And then he had to go off. The, he, he offered his pranams, his obeisances to his father, touched his feet. Srila Prabhupada embraced him. And as the ship was leaving, now we rewind to when I asked him, what were you thinking? He said as he was seeing the ship passing, he knew that Srila Prabhupada was 69 years old. He was not in good health. He had no money. He didn't know anything or anyone about the West. And he really didn't think he would ever see his father again. And then he began to cry. He said, I was proud of my father. Oh, I kept a diary. And While he was on Jaladuta, he wrote passage of how he was feeling deep and great separation from Vrindavan, from Radha Govinda, Radha Gopinath, Radha Damodar, Radha Madan Mohan. 
so far from his home in Vrindavan. But he was happy because he was doing the will of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for the holy names to spread in every town and village, which was the order of his spiritual master. He was remembering Vrindavan, his home, in separation. Heart attacks, seasickness. He wrote, my only solace was the nectar pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Then he came and saw Boston. What would America like? It was so completely foreign from the courtyard of Radha Damodar and Brindaban. And that's where he prayed, Krishna, if you do not give me the words to speak, and if you do not give these people the power to understand your words, then there is nothing I can do. I'm your puppet. Please make me dance. Let your message, let your message transform their hearts so that they will be happy. We know some of the story each of us knows little parts. Only Krishna knows the whole story. But Srila Prabhupada, he eventually traveled around the world over 10 times. He established so many temples so many millions of books and so many hundreds and thousands of people were becoming devotees on one level or another. When Srila Prabhupada was in his closing pastimes, He was still dictating translations and purports to the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. His body was so frail and so thin that it appeared he had no strength. He couldn't walk. He couldn't sit up. He just was laying there. Devotees would have to prop him in different ways. But even while there, he had devotees hold the microphone to his mouth. And he was giving the world the Srimad Bhagavatam. And one of his, the last chapter 
was the Brahma Vimohan Leela. And in one purport, it was in a place where Brahma was seeing Krishna in the form of all these limitless cowherd boys and limitless calves, all turning into forms of Vishnu. And Prabhupada writes in a purport that there is a place in Vrindavan where there was no temple. But a devotee desired, let there be a temple. And now in this very empty corner of Vrindavan, it has become a holy place of pilgrimage. Such is the desire of a devotee. Srila Prabhupada left Vrindavan with nothing and he came back and by his desire Krishna Balaram temple was built. By the desire of a devotee. Srila Prabhupada and Radha Damodar began his translations of Srimad Bhagavatam. It was his desire that these books in the English language and in all other languages be distributed throughout the world. At that time, Srila Prabhupada was, he couldn't, he had no money for paper. There was no publishing house that was giving him advanced um, funds. Practically every word of every page, he had to type it with his fingers. He had to edit it. He had to take the manuscripts by Tonga to Mathura, by third class train to Delhi. But his desire from that little room, hundreds and millions of books have been printed, published, and distributed in practically every language of the world. When Srila Prabhupada was in New York, he was practically homeless. He even wrote that I was loitering without any friend, without any means, practically like a vagabond. Because he had no place of his own, he was just constantly being kind of bounced from one little place to another, other people's houses. He had nothing, but he desired a temple. And from that desire, now there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of temples all over the world. There's hundreds of 
deities of Radha Krishna in temples all over the world. There's tens and thousands of temples and people's homes throughout all the countries of the world, practically. Such is the desire of a devotee. Srila Prabhupada went to Russia. He only had a few days. Practically the whole time he was confined to one little hotel room under strict surveillance of the KGB. And he just met one or he just met two people. <laughs> and he preached to them. And he desired that this part of the world, behind the Iron Curtain, the former Soviet Union, would be filled with Krishna consciousness. And today, there are tens and thousands of devotees, hundreds and thousands, millions of people being connected to Krishna. Outside of India, the former Soviet Union has more devotees than any other place on planet Earth. From that little hotel room, such is the desire of a devotee. And when Srila Prabhupada was here in Vrindavan in November, of 1977, in the month of Kartik. He desired many of his devotees to come to be with him. Here in Vrindavan. He desired people from all over the world to be transformed with Krishna consciousness. And today, we see right before our eyes, there are tens and thousands of people from all over the world today, here in Vrindavan, to be with Srila Prabhupada. And millions of people throughout the world receiving the mercy of Vrindavan. Such is the desire of a devotee. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. It is his desire that we're all here now. And that is why we're here. If not for his desire, many of us really don't know where we would be. And that is something we should always remember. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, 
we read Sukadev Goswami's narration of how Krishna reciprocated so intimately and personally with each and every one of his devotees. And everyone in Vrindavan was a devotee. How Krishna reciprocated with the flowers and the trees, with the stones, <laughs> with the insects, with the birds, with the deers and the animals of all varieties, and with all the gopis and gopas, the prajbasis. In Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's discussion with Srila Ramananda Rai on the banks of the river Godavari, he induced Ramananda Rai to speak the highest truths. And the culmination of those highest truths, which were gradually progressing, was the love of Krishna in Vrindavan. The love of the gopas, the love of his parents, Vatsalyaras, and the love of the gopis. And when Lord Chaitanya asked Ramananda Rai, please tell me something more. What is higher than the love of the gopis? Ramananda Rai couldn't believe that that question could be asked. What could be higher than the love of the gopis? But then he revealed among all the gopis, the love of Sri Radha. Sukadev Goswami tells that when Krishna wanted to reveal to the world the purest, most complete essence of spiritual love, he performed his rasa-lila. It was the full moon night in this month of Kartik. And by Krishna's desire, his yoga maya Shakti made the most perfect, enchanting arrangements. As the moon was rising, Yamuna River was blooming with lotus flowers. The jasmine malati flowers were blooming and filling the atmosphere with the sweetest divine fragrance 
the bees were humming, the auspicious birds were singing, the moon was transcendentally luminous with a red color. It was very large. Krishna was born in the dynasty of the moon. And here, Krishna, the crescendo of all of his leelas was about to take place. It was perhaps the most beautiful moonrise in the history of existence. just to create an enchanting environment for Krishna to exchange love with his purest of all devotees. The moon was rising and that golden reddish color, it filled the sky and totally intoxicated. Even Krishna was intoxicated by his own creation. He blew the fifth note of his flute, Bumsi. He played such beautiful song. When Krishna played his flute, he was calling personally, individually, each of the gopis, just for them. From the deepest recess of his spiritual divine heart, his love was rising, coming through his breath, and blowing through the holes of the flute. When that music floated through the airwaves of Vrindavan, it entered into the ears of each gopi. And through the ears, it totally enchanted their minds, captivated their minds, and then entered into the treasure of their heart. And Shukadev Goswami tells, when that music of flute, Krishna, through that music, entered into the treasure of their hearts and stole the most precious jewels of their love. He was calling them to him. He was standing on the bank of Yamuna in the forest under a tree that is known as Bamsivat, a banyan tree where he played Bamsi. Gopis, their total absorption in pleasing Krishna 
in giving Krishna happiness. That was their only reality. Whatever they were doing, they just left it behind and ran into the forest. Some were milking cows. They just left. Some were boiling milk. They didn't even take this pot off the fire. They just left. Some were serving their families prasad. They didn't say anything. They just left. Whatever they were doing, some were getting dressed. They didn't even finish dressing. They just left. And some of them were married, some of them were unmarried. Husbands of the married ones, fathers, brothers of the unmarried ones. They said, where are you going? You cannot go, it's night. No, no girl goes all alone into the forest at night. You must stay. You have your duties to perform. You have your chastity. You have your dharmic principles. You can't just go. But they went. Krishna was calling them through the sweetest medium of his flute. And those who were forcibly stopped They were feeling such fire of separation in their hearts, such agony and pain of love, that they closed their eyes and just meditated on Krishna. And the fire of their love for Krishna, if they had any attachments left into this material world, the sound of Krishna's flute, the meditation of Krishna's form in their heart, the embrace of Krishna's love in their heart, burned away everything except their prema, their Krishna consciousness. And many of them, they just left. And others who could not leave, it is described that they gave up their material bodies, which means any conception that they had of any desire in their life except the pleasure of Krishna died within them, was transformed. And now they were completely, purely, holy, spiritually filled with love for Krishna. And when gopis finally came to Bamsivat, Krishna told Swagatam, welcome. Ah. <laughs> he said, you have come in this beautiful moonlit night and you have experienced the sweetness of the fragrance of the malati flowers and I'm very happy I'm seeing you and you are seeing me. But now you should go back to your homes because you have your duties 
And he was teaching them all about dharma. You know, why you must return to your prescribed um, obligations. After all, you have fathers, you have husbands, some of you have children. Now you go home. After all, to attain love for me, it is accomplished by hearing my teachings and hearing my pastimes and hearing my glories and meditating on me and seeing my beautiful form as the deity and worshiping me and chanting my holy names. In this way, one develops love for me, not by physical proximity. So go home. It's the exact same instruction he gave to the Brahmins' wives, the Yagyapatnis. They went home and they attained perfection. But gopis are gopis. They knew Krishna's heart. Hearing Krishna's words, they were crying incessantly and drawing curved lines in the dust of Vrindavan with their toes. And then they presented their response to Krishna. In essence, they said that the highest dharma is to surrender to you. Bhagavad Gita was spoken later, so they didn't quote the verse. <laughs> but Bhagavad Gita says, Sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam varja aham tvam sarva pape bio moksha samyamasuja. Abandon all varieties of dharma and just surrender to me. I shall, I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. So even though Krishna didn't say this yet in Bhagavad Gita, this is an eternal truth. And the gopis, although they were simple cowherd girls who were very simple, unsophisticated, and totally humble, They had understood way beyond all the conclusions, the siddhantas of all Vedas. They just loved Krishna. They said, Krishna, you're telling us about dharma. And even though, and this is one of the sweet qualities of Vrindavan Lila, is when there was a requirement, they had full knowledge that Krishna was God. But they didn't really believe it. <laughs> they believed it, but they were beyond it. They were above it. So the gopis loved Krishna because he was Krishna. Yes, of course they believed it, but they were so beyond it. They loved Krishna because he was Krishna. But still, they said, Krishna, you are telling us dharma, but you are the super soul, the paramatma within the heart of every living being. Everything is an expansion of you. 
You are the life of all life. If you're not in the heart of anybody, they cannot live. They're dead. So any any love anybody has for anyone, that love is ultimately for you. And only an illusion do people not understand that. So in loving you, we are giving the complete love to everybody. So why are you telling us to come home? We have come here to give our hearts, our lives to you. Do not do this to us. And Krishna was satisfied. He was defeated by the gopis. And then he began to perform wonderful pastimes of pure transcendental love with the gopis. And what is the nature of that love? Sukadev Goswami, the Goswamis of Vrindavan, the greatest renunciates throughout history, they declare that the gopis were the most supremely renounced people from any material conceptions. The love was pure of the very deepest soul love. And they exchanged in so many ways And each gopi was thinking, because Krishna was making every gopi think, I'm only with you. So gopis were thinking, of all these gopis, Krishna's only with me. And little pride appeared in their heart. It wasn't material pride. They were actually proud of Krishna for giving him such mercy. But still, Krishna disappeared. And they were all searching, searching, searching for Krishna. They went deeper and deeper into the forest. And Sukadev Goswami tells the nature of their absorption in Krishna. They were asking the trees... They were asking the bushes. They were asking the forest animals. Did you see the son of Nanda Maharaj? Did he come this way? They would go from one tree to another tree, from one bush to another bush, but nobody was answering. They saw Tulsi. They were asking Tulsi. Maybe the trees are all men, so they won't answer my que- our questions. But Tulsi, you're a girl, and you know what girls are like when we... When, you know what our heart is? Please tell us, did you see Krishna? But nobody was answering. They were thinking, maybe they didn't see Krishna. But Mother Earth, she must know where Krishna is, because anywhere that is on Earth, she's aware of. So they were asking Mother Earth, where is the son of Nanda Maharaj? 
And as they were going deeper and deeper into the forest, searching and searching, crying out Krishna's names, they were so absorbed in Krishna, they began to perform the leelas of Krishna. And eventually, as they were crying and crying and crying, completely in a state of spiritual madness, some gopis were playing Putana, and some were playing baby Krishna, and some were playing Sakatasura, and others, and one gopi kicked her. And there was Trinavarta. And some gopis were playing Yashodamai, tying up Krishna, and some were Bakasura, and some were Vatsasura. And then they happened to see Krishna's footprints. They followed his footprints. And they noticed that there were two sets of footprints. And that is where Sukadev Goswami reveals the supreme love of Sri Radha. That the crest jewel of all self-realized souls of all lovers of God, the gopis, they proclaimed that this gopi, Krishna left all the rest of us only for her. Her worship, her love is supreme. That is Sri Radha. So the culmination of the Srimad Bhagavatam is Sri Radha's love. Sukadev Goswami was trying to restrain himself from speaking her name directly because he's an eternal, he's an eternal associate of Srimati Radharani in this spiritual world. And to speak her name, he may have been in, gone into a state of ecstasy where he would not have finished Srimad Bhagavatam in seven days. But as he was describing, as he was describing this supreme gopi who loves Krishna more than everyone and anyone, the name of Sri Radha, Aniyadadita came from his mouth. Our acharyas tell that where the Srimad Bhagavatam culminates, that's where Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita begins. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna who has come to this world to taste the sweetness of Sri Radha's love. Chaitanya Charitamrita explains that Krishna knows everything. Vedaham samaditani varatamanani charjana babashani chabutani mamtu vedanakashjana. I know everything past. I know everything in the present. I know all things that are yet to come. I know all living beings. 
forever. But me, no one know, can know in full. That is Krishna. The source of all spiritual and all material worlds, aham sarabhasya prabhava, the all-knowing, the all-pervading, the omniscient, Bhagavan. Those are all just his energies and his qualities. But there's only one thing that Krishna doesn't know. What is the nature of Sri Radha's love? What is the happiness she experiences when she tastes the sweetness of my love? What is it about me that makes her more ecstatic than even I can understand? So Krishna, to understand himself, he had to, to understand the nectar of himself, he had to understand through Sri Radha's love. And to understand the happiness of her love was beyond even him, and he's beyond everything. That is Lord Chaitanya. When Lord Chaitanya was in South India, in Srirangam, at the house of Venkatabhata, during his South Indian tour, when he came to the Ranganath temple, which was the it was the main headquarters for Sri Yamunacharya, Sri Ramanujacharya, and the Sri Sampradaya for the last thousand years since Sri Ramanuja. He came before the, the timeless deity of Ranganath and was dancing and singing in great ecstasy of love. Venkatabhata was one of the pujaris. He invited Lord Chaitanya to his home. Venkatabhata had a son. He was about seven years old. His name was Gopal Bhatta. The little son, he witnessed his father welcoming Lord Chaitanya into their home. Venkatabhata, with great devotion and humility, he washed Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet with scented water. With such happiness. And he gave some of that water to his little son, Gopal Bhatta, to drink. When Gopal saw the beauty of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When he saw his father and his uncles, Trimala Bhatta and Prabodhananda Saraswati, when he saw their, their devotion to Lord Chaitanya, and then the water was sprinkled on his head and he tasted it. 
Immediately, Gopal entered into a state of ecstatic love for Krishna. Ecstatic love for Mahaprabhu. And he wept tears and fainted. And from that day on, Gopal Bhatta was constantly engaged in serving Lord Chaitanya. He's just a small child doing menial services. And his father, Venkatabhata, was so proud to see his little son, Gopal, so attached to this great sannyasi. One day, something happened to Gopal Bhatta. He began to feel in his heart a deep pain because he understood that Lord Chaitanya is Krishna. Such a revelation can only happen by the mercy of the Lord. He understood that he was Krishna, the supreme enjoyer, the husband of the goddess of fortune. And he had heard about Lord Chaitanya's pastimes in Navadweep, and he, where Lord Chaitanya had beautiful, beautiful black hair. There was nothing more beautiful in the entire creation than the, than the splendor of Lord Chaitanya's hair. And he would wear a wonderful yellow dhoti and jewels. And he was living with the supreme goddess of fortune and with his mother and with all of his friends. As Navadweep Chandra, he was the supreme enjoyer. Why? Why now I have to see him as a sannyasi? His head is shaven. He's wearing the drab saffron robes of a renunciate. He's sleeping on the floor. He's eating so simple. Such a pain to see my beloved Lord whom I only desire in life is to give him enjoyment, to give him pleasure. And he's living as an ascetic. Day after day, he was crying in this mood. And one day, as he was weeping, he fell asleep and had a dream. In the dream, he saw Navadweep Don, the river Ganga, and all the beautiful places of Navadweep. And there he saw Lord Goranga with his beautiful hair, wearing beautiful clothes as the crest jewel of all Brahmins. And he was walking with Nityananda Prabhu and Adwaita. 
Gopal Bhatta, his heart was, was, was flooding over with happiness to see the Lord in this darshan. And then Nityananda Prabhu and Adwaita Prabhu, they put their arms around Gopal and began to speak to him. And just before the first word came out, and he was so much waiting for this message from Nityananda and Adwaita, he woke up. And when he woke up, he was in such an ecstatic state, he ran to where Lord Chaitanya was personally sitting in his house. And he ran to Lord Chaitanya and he was crying and he fell at Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet, surrendering his heart, and he looked up. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that crest jewel of all great sannyasis, gave him a darshan. He saw Lord Chaitanya manifest his form of Shamsundar, Krishna. His complexion was like a tamal tree, like a freshly formed monsoon rain cloud. His beautiful eyes like lotus petals. His wonderful hair was circling his face. He was standing in a threefold bending form, playing his flute with a peacock feather decorating his head. And Gopinath was gazing with such infinite love into the eyes of Gopal Bhatta. then that form transformed into Navadvip Chandra, Lord Goranga in Navadvip, where he had beautiful long hair and wonderful garlands in the mood of the king of Sankirtan. And Gopal Bhatta, all his desires were fulfilled. This was not a dream. He was seeing Navadvip Chandra, Mayapur Chandra, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form that he longed and prayed to see. And in that state, tears were flooding his eyes and he fell at Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's feet and put his head on his feet and looked up. And Lord Chaitanya was with shaved head, saffron robes, as sannyasi. Mahaprabhu picked up Gopal Bhatta and put him on his own lap. And Lord Chaitanya embraced Gopal and seeing, Lord, seeing Gopal Bhatta's love, Lord Chaitanya literally bathed Gopal Bhatta with the tears of his compassion, his mercy, and his supreme love. And little Gopal Bhatta, just a child, was bathing Lord Chaitanya with his tears. Lord Chaitanya told Gopal Bhatta, 
you should not tell anyone what you have seen. Somehow or other, in Bhakti Ratnakar, it is revealed to all of us. He said to the seven-year-old child, you remain home and you take care of your mother and father. They are my beloved devotees. And after they depart from the world, you should go to Vrindavan. And there in Vrindavan, you will meet with Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Sanatana Goswami. And be a brother to them. And there you and the Goswamis, you will take the essence of all the knowledge of all the Vedas, of all the scriptures, and reveal Vrindavan. Reveal the essence of Krishna Prema of Vrindavan. And people from all over the country will come to be your disciples, Gopal. And it is through your disciples that these books of the Goswamis will be distributed throughout the land. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu remained in the house of Gopal Bhatta and his family for four months. During that time, on one occasion, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that Gopal's father, Venkata Bhatta, and his brothers, they were pure devotees of Lord Narayan. And Lord Chaitanya, in a joking way, he asked, you are worshiping Narayan, but Lakshmi Devi, she has left Narayan to be with Krishna. Why is that? <laughs> and Venkatapati, it's a very long story, I'm going to make it very small. Venkatapati said that there's no problem for that because Lakshmi is completely chaste and faithful to Narayan. She's the supreme goddess of fortune and Krishna and Narayan are the same person. Narayan is just in Aishwarya Bhav and Krishna's Madhurya Bhav. In Narayan and Vaikuntha, the Lord is manifesting his supreme power and opulence. And in Krishna, his sweetness and his beauty. But same, so there's no, there's no fault in Lakshmi to going to Krishna because Krishna and Narayan are the same. Lord Chaitanya said, yes, that is true, but why is it? that she wanted to enter into the Ras Lila with Krishna and the gopis, and she was not allowed. Hare Krishna. <laughs> and at this moment, Venkatabhata said, you are Krishna. Now I'm <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question, but you know the answer. And then, 
Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to explain the supreme sweetness of Vrindavan, the supreme sweetness of the gopis' love, which is beyond Vaikuntha. And not far from here, across the Yamuna River, is Srivan, also Bailvan. Did you visit there during the Parikrama? In that place, Lakshmi, she left Vaikuntha. She's constantly living over the heart of Lord Narayan. And it is described by the gopis that Lakshmi, although she has an exclusive place on the chest of Narayan, she's, she's there. No one else could be there. She actually wants to leave there to serve the dust of his feet. Even though there's so many Tulsis, Tulsi Devi's there at the feet, and so many devotees are there at the dust of his feet. She would rather be with countless devotees and so many Tulsis and everyone else at the feet than in her own exclusive position on his chest. That menial loving service to the lotus feet of the Lord. So Lakshmi Devi, she went to Srivan, where she was performing. She wanted to enter into Brindavan, cross the Yamuna, to participate in the Ras Lila with the gopis. But she couldn't come. She was doing tapasya there for a very, very long time. In fact, according to the Brijabhasis, she's still there doing tapasya. But she was told by the gopis that in order to enter the Braj Lila and the Ras Lila, you cannot be the supreme goddess of fortune. You cannot be seeing your Lord as your husband. <laughs> you have to be in the simple mood of a gopi, of the servant of the servant of a gopi, and see Krishna as your lover in this way. But Lakshmi, her nature is to see the glory and the power of Narayana, to identify him as her husband and to identify herself with all her power and all of her excellences as the queen of Vaikuntha. But she could understand that infinitely higher than any form of love is the love of the gopis. She could not enter, but she was given from across the Yamuna, she was given a vision of the Raslila. And she's still there. She will never leave the vision of the Raslila.
in this form. So when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained these beautiful truths to Venkatabhata, there is that beautiful story where the springtime Rasalila takes place at Govardhan, where many of you will be going tomorrow. In the Gita Govinda of Sri Jayadev Goswami, it describes the beautiful loving exchange between Sri Radha, Gopinath, and Gopis at Govardhan. And the limitless holy places where they perform their leelas around Govardhan Hill. There's a place called Paita. And that is where Krishna left the gopis. Similar to how he left the gopis here in Vrindavan. And they were searching for him. And he was sitting in a very nice little place near Govardhan Hill. And they saw him. And they came running. Krishna, Krishna. But Krishna was hiding, so he disguised himself by manifesting his form of Narayan with four arms, holding the conch shell and the disc and the club and the lotus flower. And he was so beautiful and the supreme, absolute truth, the personality of Godhead of Vaikuntha, Narayan. And when gopis saw him, they knew he was God. This is God. They bowed down with great reverence. And they only wanted one benediction. Please tell us, did you see Krishna? That's the, same, that's the same question the gopis were asking the trees and the insects and the deers and the birds or Narayan. That was their love for Krishna. They just wanted Krishna. Natanam najanam na sundarim kavitam vajakatisha kamaye mama janmani janmani shwari bhavata bhakti rahoyita kitvai. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu composed Shikshastakam, he composed these eight verses in the Gambira, in Sri Jagannath Puri. There in the Gambira, he was manifesting what the world has never seen, the ecstasies of Sri Radha's love and separation from Krishna. And Lalita Saki, Vishaka Saki incarnated with him as Ramananda Rai and Swaruptamodar Goswami. And there Sri Radharani was revealing her heart and revealing the doorway for each and every one of us to enter into her heart, into the loving pastimes of Krishna, through Shikshastakam. I don't want anything. I don't want anything except 
to serve you, to please you, Krishna, unconditionally. And in this particular incident, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explaining, the gopis, they're asking Narayan, did you see Krishna? And Narayan said, he went this way. Om Namo Narayan, you offer their obeisances and ran in the direction to find Krishna. They just weren't concerned with God. They were concerned with Krishna, Shamsundar, Srinandanandan. Meanwhile, these wonderful stories, Balaram is on Govardhan Hill, you'll see him tomorrow. And he's just watching the Ras Leela of Krishna with gopis, and he's, he, actually his color turns the color of Krishna. He's, he's so absorbed in Krishna. So the gopis ran off, and then Srimati Radharani comes, and Narayan is sitting there. And before she even asked, where is Krishna? Krishna was trying to maintain that form of Narayan. But in the presence of Sri Radha, he could do it for the other gopis, somehow or other. But in the presence of Sri Radha, two of his arms just disappeared. <laughs> and suddenly his crown just disappeared and a little peacock feather appeared. In his and he was holding his flute. He was completely conquered by Sri Radha's love. So this wonderful story is being told to Venkatabhata. And from that day on, he and his brothers understood the supreme abode of the spiritual world is Goloka, Sri Vrindabhantam. And it is manifested here in this world as Brindaban. And Krishna told the son Gopal Bhatta, your home will be that Brindaban. And during his parents, he studied under his uncle, Prabodhananda Saraswati, and he became such a great scholar of all the Vedas and the Vedantas, all with the sweetness of pure bhakti. He was an ultimate devotee in every way. And when his parents were in their last days, they blessed him to always remember and engage in the loving service of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And with their blessings, they departed from the world, and he came to Brindaban. Here in Brindaban, he met with Sri Rupa Goswami and Sri Sanatan Goswami, Sri Raghunath Das Goswami, Sri Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, later Sri Jiva Goswami. And when he arrived, Something special happened. Let us 
travel to the Totagopinath temple in Jagannath Puri. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is there in the presence of Gadadhar Pandit, who's Srimati Radharani and Krishna's Leela. They're together. And he says to Gadadhar and the devotees around him, for a long time I have not heard any news from Rupa Goswami or Sanatana Goswami in Brindaban. And then the message came that Gopal Bhatta, he has come from Sri Rangam. You told us all about him. He has come. We want to tell you we are now together as brothers rendering service to your mission here in Sri Vrindavan town. And Lord Chaitanya was so happy. He sent a wonderful letter back to Rupa and Sanatan, and he also sent his Mahaprasad, a wooden seat that he would do his pujas. He would, he would worship the Lord sitting on this seat and his own kopan and Mahaprasad. So Gopal Bhatta Goswami, living among the Goswamis, he was worshiping Shalagram Shila. This time, Sanatan Goswami was worshiping Sri Madan Mohan. Madhu Pandit was worshiping Sri Radha Gopinath. Rupa Goswami Radha Govinda, Lokanath Goswami Radha Vinod. And so much the Lord wanted to be served by Gopal Bhatta Goswami. And, the, and Gopal Bhatta Goswami so much wanted to serve the Lord intimately in his threefold bending form. So Gopal Bhatta, he prayed in this way. It is said that a devotee came from a distant place, a wealthy man, and he brought so many crowns and flutes and jewels and clothes for the Goswami's deities. And Gopal Bhatta, Goswami so much wanted to offer this to the form of the Lord. And just the day after Narasinga Chaturdasi, he went to the Jamuna to take his bath and bring water back to do Abhishek for his Shalagram Shilas. And when he returned, one of those Shalagram Shilas had manifested, self-manifested the threefold bending form of the most beautiful deity He had wonderful lotus eyes. He was playing his flute so sweetly. And Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami heard about this and all the Goswamis, they came and they had a wonderful festival to celebrate. And because he appeared near Niduban where Krishna gives pleasure to Sri Radha, they gave the name Sri Radha Raman, one who gives pleasure to Radha.
And in our Sampradaya, Gaudiya Sampradaya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami that there's three principles that are the, the sum, substance, and essence of all knowledge of the Vedas. Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. Sambandha is to re-establish our eternal relationship with Krishna. We are eternal servants of Krishna, but forgetful of this. We're thinking due to the ego, ahankar, that on this body, I'm all of the designations of this body, and endless desires are distracting us. And birth after birth after birth, through old age, disease, and death, we have to travel again. But Sambandha, to reestablish our understanding in our relationship that I am the eternal servant of Krishna. Krishna is all attractive. Krishna is the ultimate object of my love and the only true happiness is to feel Krishna's love and to please Krishna. Madan Mohan is the Murti that represents Sambandha. Because Madan Mohan means one who bewilders the person who bewilders everyone. And that's Madana, Cupid, Kandarpa, Kamadev. Everyone is endlessly being bewildered by this transcendental power of Maya in the form of Kamadev. But there's a place on the bank of the Yamuna where Kamadev wanted to see who is this Krishna. And with, his, with the, the most powerful of all of his arrows, whoever he shoots with this arrow becomes completely bewildered and intoxicated and infatuated by material energy. And he decided to shoot this at Krishna to see what happens. But as soon as he aimed and he looked at Krishna, Krishna was so beautiful, so charming, that Kamadev fell unconscious. He couldn't, he couldn't survive Krishna's beauty. In this way, Madan Mohan. This is what it means, Sambanta, to reestablish our relationship with Krishna, to again be attracted to Krishna. And to the degree we're attracted to Krishna, we become detached from the sources of miseries of this world. And Abhideya, what do we do when we establish that relationship and attraction? We engage in spontaneous loving service to the Lord. Govinda Dev, who gives the ultimate pleasure to the senses, to the heart, to the soul, to the earth, to the cows. Radha Govinda is the Abhideya Murti, worshipped by Rupa Goswami. And then through this process of devotional service, gradually, Prema Pumarta Mahan, 
the ultimate goal, the awakening of ecstatic love. And of all love, the love of gopis awakens. That is prayojana, the achievement of the ultimate goal of unmotivated, uninterrupted, pure love of Krishna, Gopinath. When the Goswami saw Radharaman, they all agreed and proclaimed that all three mortis are simultaneously present in Sri Radharaman. Madan Mohan, Govinda, and Gopinath. They are all here. Gopal Bhattak Goswami was worshiping Sri Sri Radharaman with his heart, his life, his soul, year after year. But one day, he was feeling a certain guilt. Why? He's living in Vrindavan. He's best friends with Raghunathas Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami. Krishna has personally self-manifested and appeared before him. He's worshiping him all day and having loving relationships. Why would he feel guilty? This is the nature of a Vaishnava. Such humility. In his heart, he's thinking that my father told me and my mother told me that I should worship Lord Goranga Mahaprabhu. Because after all, he's the one who is giving me everything. Who am I to worship Krishna? When Lord Chaitanya is the one who has opened the doors to all the love of my life. And that was my father's last wish. So as he was thinking this, sitting right in front of Radha Raman, Sri Radha Raman, who always has the most beautiful smile upon his face, he could hear, he could hear his thoughts. And Sri Radharaman transformed into the beautiful form of Sri Goranga Mahaprabhu. He saw Lord Sri Chaitanya, the ultimate Lord of his life. And Lord Chaitanya was gazing upon him and smiling upon him. And then Lord Chaitanya came back to the form of Sri Radharaman. And from that moment, Gopal Bhatta Goswami had full realization that Sri Radharaman and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are one and the same. Because in the Murti of Sri Radharaman, we see just Krishna. And in these early 
deities of Krishna. In many cases, Sri Radharani was brought many years later to stand beside Krishna. But the Goswamis, when they were worshipping Krishna, they understood that Krishna is never separated from Sri Radharani. Within the heart of, Radhar, of, of Krishna playing his flute is Srimati Radharani. She is ever-present there, inseparable. At the very heart of the heart of the hearts of Krishna, he's playing his flute, especially for Sri Radha. So Radha Raman is Krishna and Radha. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna with the heart of Sri Radha, with the love of Sri Radha, giving that love to us through the transcendental chanting of the holy names. I'm sorry, but you sound so tired. is what Vaishnava Association does is we wake each other up. <laughs> because we have a tendency to get spiritually sleepy, but in the Association of Devotees we wake up. I will end with one similar story. Sri Rupa Goswami and Sanatan. They were prime minister, home minister, finance minister of the entire kingdom of Bengal. Fabulously wealthy, young, beautiful, healthy, extremely learned in every way, popular and loved by everyone in the society. But by the influence of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they had a higher taste. The taste of the sweetness of serving the mission of Lord Chaitanya in the ecstatic mood of a loving servant of Krishna. And they left everything. Sanatana Goswami even had to endure from going to living in a magnificent palace willingly. He was put in prison. And somehow he escaped and he was a convict. And he had to be hiding and going through all these secret places, through dangerous forests to escape. And Rupa and Sanatan eventually were living together in Vrindavan. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he met Rupa Goswami at Prayag and later in Jagannath Puri. He met Sanatana Goswami in Varanasi, and later in Jagannath Puri. He originally met them at Ramkeli. Now they're in Vrindavan together. They were given this instruction. Because Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Vrindavan, and it was 
just a beautiful, beautiful forest. But over the thousands and thousands of years, so many of Krishna's places of his leelas were forgotten. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself rediscovered Shamakund and Radhakund and personally in great ecstasy, following in the footsteps of Madhavendra Puri, he performed the Govardhan Parikrama. Many of you will be following in his footsteps tomorrow. He told Rupan Sanatan, my mother, my mother has asked me to live in Puri. So everything I want to do in Brindaban, it is my wish that you will fulfill all of those things. Reestablish, rediscover and establish the holy places of Krishna's Leela. Extract the essence of all the Vedic scriptures and reveal the highest truth of the love of the Brijabhasis for Krishna in Vrindavan and ultimately the love of Sri Radhan Krishna and the path of pure bhakti, the means to achieve. And by your own example, teach how a Vaishnava should live and the principles of true renunciation and establish temples and the worship of the deities. So Rupa Goswami for many years was living here in Vrindavan and along with, his, with the Goswamis so many wonderful transcendental literatures had been composed. So many of the holy places of Krishna's Leela have been revealed. It is described in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that when devotees would come from Vrindavan back to Puri or Navadweep, the first thing others would ask, did you see Rupa and Sanatana Goswami? What are their actions? Where are they living? What are they eating? And the people would just be overwhelmed with awe, amazement, and happiness. They could hardly answer the question. Oh, yes, we have seen Rupa and Sanatan Goswami. Where do they live? They sleep under a different tree every night. They have left the most magnificent palaces to live under trees, on the ground. What do they eat? They have left behind them the finest foods in the world. And they, they beg. They beg at the homes of the Brijabhasis and they get some dry bread, sometimes some chickpeas. And what do they wear? Just Guarded cloth that other people throw away because it's useless. They'll take a piece of quilt like that for the winter. And an old piece of cloth they'll make into a copen, a loincloth. That's all they'll wear. 
And what do they do? They're always extracting essence from all these scriptures and they're constantly writing about the highest Siddhantas. And they're together discussing Krishna and they're always chanting Krishna's holy names. And they're so busy in this way that they hardly have time to sleep one and a half hours a night. And oftentimes they're so absorbed in hearing and chanting and writing and doing parikramas that they don't even sleep at all. And yet they're always in the highest ecstasies of the love of the gopis. This is the six Goswamis. Rupa Goswami accomplished all of this. He's the leader of the six Goswamis. But he was feeling an emptiness in his heart. Because he wasn't there to be ecstatic like the gopis. He wasn't there to be happy. He was there to serve. Because that's the mood of the gopis to serve, to give pleasure to their beloved. In Vrindavan and in the Vaishnava literatures, Vajranab, the great grandson of Krishna, had established the deity of Govindadev. Rupa Goswami, he felt it was the mission he had to Lord Chaitanya to please his heart to establish a temple for Govindadev. But he couldn't find him. He was looking everywhere for years. He was studying various scriptures. He was studying ancient maps. He was asking Brijabhasis. He was studying different records of Vrindavan. He was going to the homes of the residents of Brajbhumi and, and inquiring and looking. And one day, he sat on the bank of Yamuna under a beautiful Kalpabriksha tree and was feeling this emptiness that I have not fulfilled the wish of my Lord Goranga Mahaprabhu. And just then, a very charming little cowherd boy came to him. And he asked Rupa Goswami, why do you look despondent? Rupa Goswami was so charmed by the beauty and the character of this little boy. He had complete faith in this little boy. Because you don't just reveal the inner feelings of your heart to someone unless you have trust in them. So he told this little boy, I can't find Govinda. And the little boy smiled and said, I know where Govinda is. <laughs> he said, just close by, there's a hill called Goma, 
Gomatatil. It's a little hill. And on the top of that hill, there's a cow that comes every day when no one else is around. And this cow releases a large quantity of milk without anyone milking her. It just flows out of her love into the ground. In that very place under the ground is Govinda Dave. Come with me, I'll take you there. And the little boy took Rupa Goswami by the hand and pulled him, and they came to this special place where a cow was letting down her milk into the ground. Rupa Goswami saw it. And suddenly he looked and the boy was gone. And then he understood that little boy was Govinda Dave. That was Krishna. Krishna came to me to give me solace. Krishna came to me to reveal himself to me. And I didn't even offer respects to him. I didn't offer any puja to him. I didn't even recognize him. I didn't even thank him. And he felt guilty again. And then he fell unconscious in love. And when he came to consciousness, he understood, I have a mission. <laughs> Seva. We can't, we can't waste time with our guilty thoughts. We have Seva to do. So Rupa Goswami gathered together some Brijabhasis and said, in this place, Govinda is present. And they were very, very excited, the Brijabhasis. And they started to dig. And it is said that a voice came from the sky. It was Baladev. He said, this is the place you will find Govinda. He will reveal himself to give his mercy to the whole world. And as they dug, Govinda appeared. The Bhakti Ratnakar describes that he was more beautiful than tens and millions of Kandarpas. And they made an, a, a little temple for him. And Rupa Goswami began the worship. Rupa Goswami wrote a letter to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In those days, it was so nice in those days. There was no email. Somehow or other, people were happier. Now you want to write to somebody in, in New York, and you just go And before you even finish chanting one maha mantra, they're reading it in New York. That's how fast email is. At least, that's my understanding. In those days, if you wanted to deliver a message, you had to write it in palm leaves, because there was no paper and pens as we know it. There was no typewriters or word processors. 
Rupa Goswami would take a palm leaf and, and he, would, he, he or Jiva Goswami, his assistant, or would, would prepare the palm leaf to make it a place that did, or, or some bark from a tree. And then he'd get dyes from the ground to make ink and then right, kind of carve into it and right, put the ink over it, a message, and then give it to someone. And that person had to walk to Jagannath Puri. Over a thousand kilometers, I think. And that's the way you deliver a message. So it probably takes, from Vrindavan to Puri, probably takes about three weeks to walk for a fast walker. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's in Puri. And he receives this message from Rupa Goswami. That for your pleasure, Govinda Dev has appeared. And he's so beautiful. And he's come to deliver the world and we are worshiping him. And Lord Chaitanya was so happy. So happy for Rupa Goswami that he turned to his own personal assistant, Kashishwar Pandit. The story of Kashishwar Pandit is amazing. He was Lord Chaitanya's godbrother, one of the chief associates of Ishwarapuri. And Ishwarapuri had two personal assistants, Govinda and Kashishwar. And before Ishwarapuri left this world, he told Govinda and Kashishwar to spend their lives as the personal assistants of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they both came to Puri after Lord Chaitanya returned from South India. And Lord Chaitanya was very hesitant. How could I let my own godbrothers serve me? I should be honoring them and respecting them. Not only are they my own godbrothers, but they were the personal servants and assistants of my Guru Maharaj. And he asked Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, what should I do? And Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya said, of, of all considerations, the order of Guru must be fulfilled. And Ishwar Puri ordered them to serve you, so you must honor that. So Kashishwar Pandit was constant associate of Lord Chaitanya along with Govinda in Puri for many years. When Lord Chaitanya got this message, he turned to Kashishwar and he said, you should go and assist Rupa Goswami in the worship of Govinda Dev. Kashishwar Pandit was not happy about that. He was happy but not happy. He was happy because he loved Krishna. But in those days, it wasn't like, you know, yatras where there's airplanes and trains and everything. If he went to Vrindavan, he would never, ever see Lord Chaitanya again for the rest of his life. And for him, Krishna was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Radharani was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was watching his leelas. He was rendering personal services. He was seeing Lord Chaitanya's ecstasies and his loving exchanges. 
and you're sending me. Lord Chaitanya understood his heart. He didn't say anything. He just looked really sad. And Lord Chaitanya did something wonderful. He manifested a deity of himself. It's actually a deity of Krishna playing flute. But it was Lord Chaitanya manifested this deity personally. And he said, this deity is me. I am in this form. Put this beside Govinda, and whenever you worship, you will see me personally. Whenever you offer food, bhoga, you will see me eating, just like you see me eating now. I will always be with you. And Kashishwar Pandit, to fulfill such a beautiful thing, Srila Prabhupada's living in Vrindavan, and his guru told him, leave Vrindavan, go to the West, spread Krishna consciousness. And he was feeling separation from Vrindavan with all his heart. One of my god brothers told me a story. He was in pro. headquarters and they made such nice arrangements for him New Dwarka and everything was there nice furnishings beautiful painted walls blue in color nice dictaphone machines and Prabhupada said to this devotee do you remember of Many years ago, you went with me to Vrindavan. You saw my little rooms in Radhadamodar. Now, in those days, even when I first came in 1971, the floor of Radhadamodar was just earth. There was no marble or wood. It was just earth. And there was just a little rope bed. And there was nothing in the room except that. So simple. Prabhupada said, do you remember my little rooms in Vrindavan? Prabhupada said, I am longing to return to Radha Damodar to be in my rooms in Vrindavan. And here he is in this beautiful, beautiful quarters in Los Angeles. He says, I'm longing to be in that simple room in Vrindavan. He said, but for me to go back there would be sense gratification because my Guru Maharaj wants me to do this. Srila Prabhupada quotes Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur that one should make the order of one's Guru, one's life and soul Srila Prabhupada left Vrindavan in separation to make the order of his guru his life and soul. And Kashishwar Pandit, 
He went to Vrindavan <laughs> in separation from Puri <laughs> to make the order of Jagat Guru, his spiritual master, his life and soul. Because his spiritual master, Ishwara Puri, ordered him to serve Lord Chaitanya. So the order of his guru was to follow what Lord Chaitanya said, the servant of the servant of the servant. So it is explained he came here to Vrindavan and spent the rest of his life and just on the right side of Govinda Dev in the beautiful Radha Govinda temple, he placed the small deity of Gore Govinda. And when he would worship Govinda Dev and Gore Govinda, he would always see personally manifested Lord Goranga before his eyes and within his heart. Vrindavan is a place of love in separation. Over the last few days we have been telling some stories and we find even in the spiritual world of Goloka where Krishna is ever present, even when he's in front of our eyes, still feelings of separation arise within his beloved devotees. And for gopis, even when Krishna's right in front, when, they, when their eyes blink for a moment, it seems like a yuga in separation. And then when their eyes open, how much more wonderful, beautiful, sweeter, and ecstatic it is to see Krishna. Vrindavan is ever-increasing, ever-newer feelings of love. This is Srila Prabhupada's gift. In New York City, the first little place he ever got was a run-down old tiny storefront. Just this little square of people right here would fill that storefront on 26-2nd Avenue. And it took Prabhupada a while to fill it up with people. And before he came, it was a little gift shop, really cheap little gifts. And there was a sign, matchless gifts. And now, it was going to be Radha Krishna Temple. <laughs> Even though Radha Krishna, Prabhupada, they, they asked Prabhupada, should we take down this matchless gifts? The sign? And Prabhupada said, no, leave it. Krishna consciousness is a matchless gift. Premadan, the supreme treasure, the supreme glory of all aspirations of the soul 
is Brindaban. This is the matchless gift that Srila Prabhupada has given to each and every one of us and to the world. Let us be grateful. Let us be grateful to Srila Prabhupada and let us be grateful to each other in Srila Prabhupada's name. And together, let us show our gratitude by your inspiring one another to go deeper and deeper into pure bhakti and to assist Srila Prabhupada in spreading this great message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this culture of pure devotional service according to our capacity to the whole world. Thank you very much.